0: Welcome to the show. This is the student section, Matt Murphy, joined by Tom Scabelli, James Decker, and our producer in the back, Dan Diorio. We'll hop on the mic a couple times in this one. Student section's WFUV's exclusive college basketball podcast. And we've got some explaining to do, guys. This is the first official episode. The rest were recorded underground and may or may not be leaked at some point, just so the fans can get their hands on those when this thing takes off. But we do have to explain ourselves a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is going to be WFUV's official college basketball podcast. Probably exclusive, be top, exclusive, exclusive, not official. and official. Going to be top ranked on iTunes pretty soon. Those underground episodes, we'll see, we'll see. How we're going to have them that was leaked for us by to get someone. We're going to have them leaked by someone, but act like we
0: didn't know about it.
1: Yeah, we'll like send them to Deadspin, and they'll be like, "Who are you?"
0: Yeah, exactly. But today's topics. It was a crazy week in college basketball. A lot of ranked teams went down. So we're going to do a little bit of a, a weekly recap. And this Friday slot that we're recording in is going to be our usual time so that we can recap the past week and also look ahead to whatever big games there are in the weekends, which we will do for this weekend, as well as our two more light segments on the back end, which we call Starting Five and the Final Four segment, that we take a look at Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology and make our picks on who we think, if the tournament was to start today, who would advance to the Final Four. But let's start off with looking back at Monday and the Duke Blue Devils are in a spiral, James, downhill here. Not they were number 17 this week in the rankings. They lost 84-82 at home to North Carolina State, and Dennis Smith Jr., a big-time NBA prospect, went off for 32 points. Is this fixable for Duke, or are they even when Coach K comes back, are they done
2: for? I'm not really sure. I mean, it's definitely not a good thing that NC State, a team that lost at North Carolina by 50, was able to beat Duke in Durham, so that that's definitely not a good thing for Duke. I think there's just some chemistry issues there. I think there's I mean I think Luke Kennard said it at some point during the year they're they are leaders they're not being leaders, and there's definitely some chemistry issues there. I'm not sure how much the freshmen and Grace Nalan are getting along. Grace Nalan shot about one of ten from three and now they're
0: game. now they're locked out of the locker room and not allowed to wear Duke Blue Devil's apparel, which yeah. what is that like a, a move out of? What was it what movie was that? I mean, uh, that's
1: a class. Like this is all set up for Coach K to come back and like have maybe his most talented roster ever and like lead him deep in the tournament. And they're gonna be like, yeah, the Coach wrong K thing to do is to the count Duke out completely. I mean, we all in our one of our test episodes, we all I think picked Duke maybe to to win the national championship. Well, we they mean,
0: were the the overwhelming favorite. But and for Harry good Harry reason. Giles really hasn't. He's only yeah. averaging five points a game since he's come back. But he was also not he's playing, only playing for playing almost a, minutes a game. Too. He was also not. He was out for almost a year, over a year, I think, with that injury. So. I mean, that's tough because he hasn't played at Duke for that long, but only averaging five points a game when he was projected to be the number one pick coming into this college basketball season. If he doesn't turn it around, it's going to be tough because now Frank Jackson's not playing that well at point guard for them. Luke Kennard's been a huge bright spot, but that's been about it. He can really shoot the ball. But, I mean, Duke wasn't the only team this week that really struggled because on Tuesday, the following day, Number one, two, and four in the country all went down, Villanova, Kansas, and Kentucky. Let's start with Villanova, the number one team in the country as of a week ago. They lost also by two points, just like Duke, to unranked Marquette after being up 15 at the half.
3: I got Marquette in our draft, so that was a big win for my team.
2: The thing about Marquette is that they, they <laughs> that oh, yeah. nice analysis there. Sorry, I had to, listen, I'm the producer. I'm not used to providing
3: in-depth analysis. I had to just give up the court.
2: But the thing about Marquette is Marquette put up 100 points at Creighton, and no matter if Watson or not, in Creighton's a tough place to play. Even when they weren't a good team a couple of years ago, they'd steal wins there. So so Marquette putting up 100 points there and a win, I knew there'd be a challenge for Villanova, but I thought when they were up by 16 with about yeah. seven minutes left, that thing was in the bag, but... Credit to Marquette. I think that's the not I think that among the losses among ranked teams isn't the like the worst.
3: Because yeah, I think Mar- it's Marquette's surprising. been good lately. Marquette's I mean, pretty Marquette good. Marquette especially- had
2: Butler on the ropes too, they collapsed now. And Then Marquette should be a tournament team for the I mean, it would be yeah. a bad season if they weren't a tournament team. Bad that, finish to the season.
1: That's a conference road game, too, for Villanova. I mean, I know we're so used to them just winning basically every game since like February or March of last year, but that's still a tough game. I mean, Villanova is still 19-2. and two. They lost by two points. They kept fouling, though, which was a problem, I think, down the stretch against Marquette. But I still think they have a great chance to repeat. Uh, I want to take this one loss and act like, you know, it's a doomsday scenario for the Wildcats.
0: Yeah, it's like a, a standard Big East loss that's not going to really – It might even help them as as the conference play rolls on. And I don't want you guys to think out there, if you're listening, that we just decided to up and start a college basketball podcast midway through the conference slate because we did start this back in the day. Like we said, the the underground episodes haven't been released, but we've been following the season from the start. So that's why these losses this week were surprising to not only everyone out there just looking at the rankings, but to us as well. Number two, Kansas lost 85-69, to a sneaky good West Virginia team, number 18 in the country at the time. Another road loss for a top five team, which snapped Kansas's 18-game win streak. This one, not as concerning even uh, compared to the Villanova loss to Marquette, because West Virginia is a team that I'm ready to pencil them into the Sweet 16. I feel like every year when you look at the bracket, you're like, oh, West Virginia, no matter what seed they are, Bob Huggins, they're scrappy. They get a lot of steals. They'll probably go win a couple games in the tournament.
2: I think this is, should be the year that West Virginia makes some kind of deep run. I think you look that, I watched that entire West Virginia-Kansas game. That never, for a second, felt like it was an upset for West Virginia beating Kansas. They were the better team. I think they were completely overmatched to Kansas in that game. They Kansas got to a, a one-point lead with about eight minutes left. West Virginia went on a run to end the game. A lot of that's Nathan Adrian, the Morgantown kid with some of the best hair in college basketball. <laughs> well, with that some...
0: that concerns me a little bit because you you say Nathan Adrian, but like they don't that's a not a big name. They don't yeah. have a star and I don't think their leading scorer is averaging more than 11 or 12 points yeah. a game. I think it's a good that has 12
2: points. If you game, look at Duke. Look at Duke. Guys, sometimes these chemistry issues rise when you have guys with a lot of talent and a lot of guys that are used to scoring a lot of points. I think West Virginia's Good because they're they're balanced like that
1: I'm not sold on West Virginia I know they have some good wins Kansas Baylor whoever it may be but I I think you need a star to make a deep run in the tournament you need some guys who are really good and I feel like it's the same thing for West Virginia for at least the past two years where they're really good during the season. They get, you know, four or five seed. Their defense is good. I know Dan disagrees. We were talking last week, and you were saying how you think West Virginia
3: is a sneaky Final Four team.
1: I don't see it. I could see it. I could definitely see it. I don't see it. I don't know. I I just don't see it. Currently
3: in the coaches poll and the uh, (laughs) AP Top 25, they're ranked 18th. But if you go to Ken Palm, they have them listed as the number three team in the country. Do you guys have
1: Ken Palm subscriptions? No, we're lacking. I I, do. In case you need it. I'll anyway, borrow that from you.
3: Uh, that just show, goes to show how uh, underrated West Virginia is, and I think the win over Kansas was a great step in you know, them finally getting some respect.
0: And the lowest-ranked top-five team that went down this past week was number 4 Kentucky. They lost on the road at Tennessee, another two-point game, 82-80. That snapped a seven-game win streak for the Wildcats, and they're going to face Kansas this weekend, which we'll get into here in just a second. But a two-point loss in the SEC to Tennessee – kind of another one like that Villanova
2: loss to Marquette sneaky conference loss might not mean that much I think that's a worse loss to Nova though because I think Marquette's a good team and I don't think Tennessee is a good team I think the problem with that Kentucky loss is that these SEC schools are known for big football crowds great football teams but when they play when they host Kentucky no matter where they're playing it's going to be an absolutely raucous scene and that's what it was in Tennessee I think they just kind of get caught up in it sometimes I think that was the case that's not a good
0: I kind of although me. they lost I kind of liked how The toughness that Monk and Fox showed towards the end of the game, banging home a couple of threes. yeah. yeah, And keeping them in it. I mean, they fell short by two points. But to see two freshmen, it's crazy how I read in an article on ESPN that it's crazy to think that Kentucky's backcourt got better after graduating two NBA guys going to the pros, Uless, and uh, who else did they have last yeah, I year? Mean they,
1: oh, last year? Yeah. Well, they had the twins a couple years ago.
0: Yeah, every year they have a good backcourt, but this is one of their best freshman backcourts ever, and it, it kind of snuck up on us. De'Aaron Fox and Malik uh, uh, Murray. Monk. Murray. The yeah, guy, Murray and Uless last year were very good, and this year I was impressed by their big shots in that game, even though they lost.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I still think Kentucky, I think they're in my mind maybe – the national champion pick right now if I had to choose I think I know this isn't a great loss at Tennessee because Tennessee is not that good but I think this is kind of like a classic Kentucky loss where they're kind of freshman heavy and you go into a hostile road environment in a conference game they're going to have some of those losses I think if anything it's maybe a good learning experience for some of these freshmen so that they're ready uh, for a deep run in March, because, I mean, you mentioned Monk and Fox. They were hitting those huge threes at the end of the game. They definitely have a lot of resilience in them, and, and their their front court is pretty good, too, with Adebayo and Derek Willis. So I think this is a complete, and Isaiah Briscoe is good, too. I think this is a complete Kentucky team. Uh, I think it's better than last year's team. I think this could be one of those classic national championship Kentucky teams that's just so talented.
0: I totally agree, and all those upsets happened on Tuesday. There was some other action on Tuesday. There was a top A battle between two top 15 teams in the ACC. Number 12 Virginia took care of business against Notre Dame, 71-54. And that Virginia team plays great defense. We'll talk about them because they have a big game against Villanova this weekend. We'll talk about them in a moment. Number 13 Louisville put up 106 points on Pitt, 106-51 final. And Purdue beat Michigan State by 11. And Caleb Swanigan's been playing great for them, 25 points, 17 rebounds in that one. He's a player of the year candidate, surprisingly.
2: Yeah, yeah, he absolutely is a player of the year, candidate. I watched him play against – it was a good Big Ben matchup, and they played Wisconsin a couple of weeks ago, him against Ethan Happ, which is uh, – Ethan Happ's another sneaky player of the They're year, They're both candidate. sophomores, too, two young guys. Here there. He's putting up also. But, yeah, that Virginia-Notre Dame game kind of got swept under the rug because of all the upsets that happened, but – that's a really quality win for yeah, Virginia. Yeah. And that score is so Virginia. And that was at 70, Notre, at Notre <laughs> yeah. Dame, too. Which 71 is a big 54. Win. I mean, they just like defensively, none of their games really that fun to watch. Maybe that's because that was on the ACC network and not ESPN because no one, Virginia is <laughs> an exciting brand of basketball. By any means, it's a 71 54 game, but yeah, it's a very impressive yeah. win because I'm very high on Notre Dame also. So
1: I think Tony Bennett deserves a lot of credit for what he continues to do. They lost Brogdon and Gill, but London Prentice has stepped up and. That's really the only name on this team that I think uh, a common college basketball fan would know. And the fact that, I mean, that pack line defense—I was trying to get my intramural team to play a pack line defense. I think it's like the best defense ever. And oh, don't even get me started on intramurals. Dan was at my game last night. I had a terrible performance. We
0: won in overtime, not twenty points. But our ref showed up without a whistle. How do you show up to ref a game oh. without a whistle? I was getting on his case, but Amateur we'll leave hour. that for another episode. I. I just get really heated on the intramural court.
1: Yeah, well, I I think Virginia and West Virginia, oddly enough, are actually two similar teams, really led by their defense. No star player, though. Well coached. They're kind of always there. I think it's kind of the same for both. I mean, I I think last year was Virginia's year or the year before maybe to make a final four run. I think this team is worse, but I mean, I think they're a lock maybe for the Sweet 16 or so just because of that defense. And real quick, before we
0: get into the games this weekend on Saturday and Sunday, I kind of want to... We only got to Tuesday right there, recapping the week, but on Wednesday three more ranked teams went down. Number six Florida State, number eight UCLA, number sixteen Creighton. So Florida State got blown out by Georgia Tech. UCLA lost a tough rivalry game against USC by eight and Creighton is just a disaster without Mo Watson. They lost by twenty to Georgetown. And I I don't see them recovering from losing the leading assist man in the nation and their best the heart of their team really
2: yeah they really did not look good against Georgetown didn't look that good against Marquette either when they lost so I think Creighton I think they're definitely gonna be on the downslide without Watson the weirdest loss is Florida State got absolutely crushed by Georgia yeah. Tech and Georgia Tech is so crazy because they killed North Carolina when they were playing at home and they and now they just beat Florida State really badly when they were at home they play they host Notre Dame Saturday we're going to talk about because that's all of a sudden that's a huge test for a team going into Georgia Tech to play because that they've Crush teams but they cannot win on the road they don't look good on the road at all so I thought that was like the oddest I, loss I'm of the week. like
1: so torn on the Florida State team I think they're like really talented with Bacon and Isaac who could be two top 15 picks but I, I don't know I mean they don't really have any tournament experience any of these guys like you said they've struggled on the road they're they're a team that I could see making like a deep run or being upset in like the first or second round
0: yeah I'm not really high on Florida State but Right now, just for timing purposes, let's look ahead to this weekend because it's going to be after a great week of upsets and everything and all that. There's some classic, soon-to-be classic battles going on this weekend. And well, we don't know that. None bigger, on paper at least, than Kansas at Kentucky Saturday evening, 6-15 at Rupp. I don't know what, how you guys feel about this. Both teams coming off losses. I just can't see Kentucky doing anything other than... I think they could blow Kansas out of this one. There's a lot of turmoil really? going on with Kansas right now, off the court at least. They just suspended Carlton Bragg Jr. again for the second time this year. He wasn't doing too much. I think he was averaging 6-4 and four a game, but there's a lot of stuff going on off they the court for the them. all the big men that could get, it's, it's a road game, and Kentucky's already lost at home this year, so I don't see them losing again
1: at home on Saturday. I, I mean, I like Kansas a lot. I think that Mason and Graham is a really nice experience backcourt. Josh Jackson is one of the top freshmen in the country. I think... This could be a championship preview, to be honest with you, depending on how the bracket's set up. I know that Kansas, what worries me, is in the front court. They don't really have a great presence. Landon Lucas is okay, but with Bragg suspended— Oh, Perry
0: Ellis still doesn't play for Kansas? No, I think he'd, <laughs> I think he's out. Finally. He graduated after 12 years at the yeah.
1: school. Yeah. Um, and then they have the foreign guy whose name I'm not even going to attempt to say. But do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, he the just Kansas had he guy. had a
0: game-winning shot earlier this year where he took like, like eight yeah, stabs and I they didn't holder. call it. <laughs> yeah, I
1: don't. We're going to call him the foreign guy on uh, Kansas. But I think the Russian
0: rocket. I think he's from Russia. I don't know
1: who knows. Probably. That's the biggest problem for Kansas is that I don't think they have a, a big man that, and that could be a problem in the tournament. But I don't know if that's really a problem against Kentucky because Kentucky's front court is solid. But I think both their stars are in the back court. So I don't think. I think that's why it's going to be a close game. Yeah, it's going to be some
0: really good guard play. Mason yeah. is experienced versus the inexperienced guards for for Kentucky, who are just super talented at home. I think Malik Monk's bound to have at least one top ten play on Saturday.
2: Yeah, I'd be surprised if Kansas wins this game. I'm not. I think Kentucky has the ability to win this game by double digits. I'm, for some reason, I'm not as high on Kansas as they have been in years past. I think they get a lot of wins. At home, it's impossible to beat them in Kansas, yeah. as we saw with the huge travel. Which they, that game would have gone to overtime <laughs> against Kansas State. I mean, they almost right. beat lost Oklahoma State at home, and that that not have been a good loss. Davidson competed with them for a while. They kind of grind with teams a little bit too much. I feel like they, in years past, they like really take care of business right away, especially at home. So I'm not really as high on them. I wouldn't be that I wouldn't be that surprised to get them win because Kentucky is prone to. Kind of lay an egg at home sometimes. I thought their performance against UCLA, even though it was a long time ago, they never really looked good in that game. And now all of a sudden everyone's so high on UCLA after that game, but now UCLA has had a couple of hiccups along the way. So that's definitely the highlight game, but there are also some really good games. One test that I'm looking at as a team we mentioned just now is Florida State at Syracuse. I think that could be a sneaky game that Syracuse may win. Because, I mean, Florida State did not look good at Georgia Tech. Syracuse after losing to St. John's by 30 at home has really turned their home schedule around at least. So I think that that's an under-the-radar upset that I'm looking at. I think
1: that's a big test for Florida State too to see how these young guys respond after a road loss going on the road again in the next game.
0: Yeah, I don't particularly like either of those teams, but that's that's an interesting game on Saturday. But then on Sunday, the highlighter on Sunday is Virginia at Villanova. And I, th- I don't know what's the deal. I mean, I guess I get it. It's for TV. These random non-conference games here in late January. We just talked about Kansas at Kentucky. Bill Self not too pleased about having to go to Rupp in the middle of his conference right. schedule. And now Virginia playing at Villanova. I-, I see Villanova bouncing back in this one, but it's easily a game they could lose playing at the Wells Fargo Center in Philly where the Sixers play, even though the Sixers haven't been losing in that arena. But I think Virginia could very well come in, play a great defensive battle, shut down Josh Hart possibly, and then get a dub against Villanova. I, I think Villanova's going to win that game. I think by Villanova's like going to. So. I think Villanova's going to win, but I'm just a little worried about the Virginia defense for sure.
2: The, I think the only thing that worries me about Villanova, if I was a Villanova fan, is that the depth really isn't there. I think yeah, they, they go, play they seven, go, yeah, seven They guys. go DiVincenzo and and Pascal off the bench, and that's it. Former but they're they that exactly. seven
0: is so strong that they can kind of get away with it. I think.
2: I think I think against Marquette it got a little exposed because they wore down a little bit late in the game.
0: Well, yeah, the thing is those two subs, neither of them is a, is a forward, so they don't have a lot of depth in the front court. If Daryl Reynolds, their center, is not a huge name, he's, he's good for a couple of putback dunks or something every. Uh, every couple of uh, games but if he gets in foul trouble or something they're not deep as far as the post play goes so that's definitely a concern
1: where do you guys stand on how important depth is for the March Madness tournament I, I think it goes two ways you can make the argument that since you're playing two games in three days it's better to have as much fresh legs as possible but I think you could also make the argument that I mean you're gonna be playing your stars anyway so it doesn't matter who your eighth ninth guy is
0: I don't really factor it in. I I mean, come tournament time, my biggest thing is just a, a veteran point guard. Usually, that's yeah. my that's my favorite thing to look. at. I know a lot of people feel the same way.
2: I think I don't get too high or too low about it, but I think Nova only going seven deep is like a little bit alarming. I think that's it's almost like I mean, seven guys, and if they get into foul trouble, especially in the front court. Then, where do you go in the tournament? You're, you don't true. want a guy that's barely played during the regular season all of a sudden thrown into the fire in the NCAA tournament. I think that's where the worry comes in.
0: All right. Any games you guys want to mention that we didn't talk about for the weekend before we have a little fun?
2: I'll throw a couple under the radar uh, upsets that I think may happen. I think Minnesota, their hosts, uh, hold on, they host someone that I think they could, oh, they host Maryland. How I many think games Minnesota has Minnesota
0: be- lost in a row? I think they're like. They might have lost like their last four or five games after having a really yeah, strong non-conference. If it wasn't
2: for another clutch Bronson Koenig shot and in, in uh, Minnesota, they would have beat Wisconsin. So I think Minnesota beats Maryland. I said before I think Syracuse beats Florida State. I think that's an upset pick. And one other one is I'm not sure about Notre Dame Georgia Tech. I think that one could go either way because Georgia Tech is almost unbeatable at home, but they're not, I'm not sure how good a team they are. So that's one I'm really looking at as well.
1: I think NC State-Louisville is an interesting matchup because I'm high on Louisville, but Snyder has been hurt, and now Hicks, who is filling in for him, is hurt too, so I think it'll be interesting to see how they play against a decent NC State team who just coming off a big win over Duke has Dennis Smith, a star in him. I think that could be an interesting matchup.
0: All right, let's move on to what we call the starting five segment. We got to explain this one since this is the first time people are hearing from the student section in quite some time, actually ever, but this is not our first (laughs) time recording together. So we have to explain this one. So it's basically when the first AP rankings came out for the college basketball season, we all picked in a draft-style format a snake draft, five teams, any teams from any conference, but the only rule was for the draft that you could only pick two teams that were ranked at the time, the other three unranked teams, and every regular season win that one of your teams gets, it's one point, every conference tournament win they will get will be two points, and every NCAA tournament win will be three points, and we might amend the points totals in the coming weeks and coming podcast episodes. But for now, let's let's go around the table, say who we have and how we're doing so far.
1: Tom, you kick us off. All right, I'm doing the worst. I only have 73 wins. I've got, but I like my chances because I've got Kentucky, who's 17 and three. I th- like I said before, I think they could be the national championship champions, which would be huge. St. Mary's is 18 and two. They're gonna stack up. I don't like St. Mary's in the tournament at all. Yeah, I, I think, but they're gonna stack up a lot of ro- a lot of. Um, regular season wins they could get some conference tourney wins too and maybe they win one or two in the tournaments so that's all right Valpo 16 and 4 Alec Peters is my guy I have picked them I think for the last like, Oh he's two your years. guy he's not Valpo's guy he's your guy No he's my okay. guy uh I think I've picked them to have like a first round upset like almost every year they've been in the tournament and they I never did. last I, year they didn't killed yeah, me they, killed me they never do weren't they at 12 and it's like oh
0: 12, 12 five, 5 it's Valpo uh, yeah
1: so this year it's going to happen North Dakota 12 and 7 all you guys were looking at me crazy Quinton Hooker, gotta mention his name, averaging over 18 points per game, a guard follow on, on their th- team. Follow him on Twitter. Follow him on Twitter. Quinton Hooker, 21. He's an absolute monster. I th- I don't can't even remember off the top of my head what conference they're in. I want to say the Big Sky. I think you're be. right. Yeah, yeah, Big Sky. But um, I have the Big Sky. They're gonna network. be like that sneaky team that makes a, a sweet 16 run and then i just have written down tenants oh yale Yale Uh, didn't know Makai mason was out when i picked that but i mean what are you gonna do you win some you lose some They're still they'll
2: still be solid in the ivy league all
0: right before we go to dan just make this clear dan picked his team after 15 teams were off the board five times three is 15 right okay double check my math so dan didn't really have the best choices but there were still a lot of good teams out there how you doing so far dan
3: well i'm in third place so that right there is already a win in my book um my, my first team off the board was Oregon, 19-2. and two. <sighs> I didn't They're Oregon. looking pretty good. Uh, like I said, I had the scraps to choose from with the the remaining teams. Indiana was my second pick. They started the season hot with a big win over Kansas, but have since fallen off with a lot of losses. Uh, <laughs> SMU, really? contender to win the American. Cincinnati's the only really other horse in that race. 18-4. and four. Oh, I like uh, what you did there, the other horse, because SMU, I the like Mustangs. That. Although Cincinnati is oh, like, good. what, a wildcat, bearcat, something? Yeah, bearcat. Uh, Texas A&M was probably my worst pick, 11-8. and eight. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no way around they'll it. They'll be playing West Virginia tomorrow. Um, that would be a great win, but either way, 12 wins is nothing. Or a easy. great
0: 20-point loss, probably. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, probably. We'll see how it goes, but third place, Wait, I'm content. You have
1: one pick. last team, man. Yeah?
3: Oh, yeah, Marquette. Whoops, sorry. Forgot <laughs> oh, about Marquette. they're good. Probably one of the biggest wins of the season over Villanova last uh, Tuesday. That was huge. 74-72 win. How many Pre- points do you have uh, to put 76. you in third? 76.
0: And you had Tom, 73. you have 73. I know we mentioned it's Marquette. It's called playing
3: the long game. Marquette with a uh, big win over uh, Villanova and previously Creighton. So they got Butler and Xavier and Creighton left on the board. Could be potential trap games. We'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, I think Marquette's definitely on the rise. As far as I'm concerned... 83 so that puts me in second place i'm gonna start with my worst pick which is lehigh at 12 and 8 second in the patriot league though so that could be big going into the tournament if they hopefully they pull out that patriot elusive patriot league title next is chattanooga which just had a horrible loss home against vmi yeah. they were huge favorites in that game they got crushed they got a huge they,
0: game on saturday against east tennessee yes, state and that's, that's like a big, big rivalry the in the southern i conference. saw yeah.
1: on Ken Palm they said that that chattanooga loss was the biggest upset or the second biggest upset of the season they had like a
2: 1.4 percent chance to lose yeah and they got crushed which is yeah. not not good for me I was paying attention to that <laughs> I don't know how many other people were but uh <laughs> 15 and five still a solid season they're still contenders in the Southern Conference they also were a team that I liked in up in a, to pick an upset last year against Indiana that didn't, I have that. That didn't I work out Chat nuke is definitely a, a solid team and the next I have I have Butler which has had a surprisingly good year they weren't ranked when I picked them at the beginning yeah. of the year and now they're 18 and three. Big win at Seton Hall, which is an impressive they win. They also beat Villanova a while back. They did. They um, beat Villanova Billano- really at Hinkle. Yeah, they have Georgetown at home again this week. So and hopefully. You say this wearing a Butler sweater. Yeah, with a <laughs> nice Butler crew neck. Uh, next, I have Gonzaga at 21 0. <laughs> so that's really what's gotten me. A couple Bulldog teams. Yeah, 21 0. And I don't see them slowing down, which is good. Oh, yeah, because I mean, right. they
1: don't play anyone. They'll
0: probably that's go undefeated
1: in the regular season. Yeah.
2: 40 I,
3: and 0. 40 and 0. I could see it.
2: Ball. Wow. Like, Bold. (laughs) Bold. That's a hot take. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think Gonzaga, maybe they'll they'll have one conference road loss. Then other than that, that I'm not worried. I think they'll continue to roll. But and then Wisconsin finishing out at 17 and three. I think they're always going to be solid. They're probably a couple more losses along the way. I'm going to the game at at the Garden against Rutgers. So some live student section. They'll see me. They'll be motivated even more because they know I have them <laughs> in the starting five.
0: Yeah, just record the student section. Then instead of the college basketball theme song to bring us in and out, yeah. we'll just use Ooh, some live noise. student section crowd that's noise.
2: Genius. Wow. I should yeah. get... i mean, I don't right. we're
1: allowed to use that CBS music. We've discussed Oh, that. you d-
0: you said CBS. You're not supposed to say it. No, not CBS. <laughs> 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 we'll, we'll cut that out. We'll anyway.
2: Anyway. Yeah, so I'm going to that game. So I'm 83 points. I'm I'm feeling very good about my chances.
0: So am I with 85 points in
2: first place, by the way. But one of those teams is crumbling.
0: Uh, actually, yeah, my top two, both coming off losses, Duke and Villanova. Somehow got both of them in our draft. I had the first pick, snagged Duke. They're only 15-5, and five, but, you know, I'm not worried about it because I have Villanova there to back me up in the two spot, 19-2. and two. I think Villanova should stay number one in the rankings even after losing to Marquette. We'll find out on Monday. I don't see Gonzaga as a true number one with a strength of schedule of 80, which is significantly worse than Villanova's. And that Marquette loss, you guys all agreed, not that bad of a loss. My three unranked teams at the time of the first poll, Dayton, Wichita State, and Middle Tennessee, all have at least 15 wins. Dayton's 15-4 and four overall, first in the A-10. I think they're they're probably the only lock right now in the A-10 if the Season ended today to get an at-large bid bid in the tournament. Considering VCU, a couple bad losses recently. Wichita State acquired which, quiet. Which
1: bad losses? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know they've had some bad losses.
2: Uh, so, Dayton has a tough one tonight though at VCU.
3: Yeah, does a loss at VCU take Dayton out of the uh, tournament? I think it. Their it's their margin for error is
0: that thin that I think it definitely could, which is bad for the A10 as a conference right now. It's not too strong of a down year. Yeah. reputation. Plus, Sal
2: lost to Penn. That was wasn't good. Yeah. I mean, St. Joe's has just so many injuries.
0: Yeah. It's a random A10 team to pick out of this <laughs> year, but, you know, whatever. We we're talking about <laughs> bad, uh, I mean, they're Tom. They're way, they're way down there. I mean, I mean, you could have said anybody they, else. They made. They, did they make the tournament last year? You could have said like like St. Bonnie's <laughs> kind of on the cusp. You could have said Joe's, Richmond's having a good year. St. Like, Joe's like, made the tournament a lot last year. They did. So a lot that's of, why I'm saying. There's and in a 2005, they were 30 and two. What are we gonna? How far back are we well, gonna so go to here? Fair, I feel St. some hostility. St.
3: Joe's did win the A10 tournament last year after everyone kind of came exactly. out. They and did, and, and they had, had Oregon on the ropes. I'm not arguing, but we're talking about
0: this this season. Yeah, we're talking
1: about why. There's a drop-off this season. I'm saying St. Joe's because of injuries. Oh, yeah,
0: I, that's true. You win this argument. Done. Okay. Done. Good. I concede because I want to get back to my my starting five, <laughs> which is number one in the whole studio right now. Wichita State, sneaky 18-4. and four. I don't even know who starts for them since Ron Baker doesn't even play there anymore, and I kind of miss him. I miss seeing him. Fred uh, Mac- Van Vliet. McDuffie, right? Yeah, McDuffie. I know who that is, St. Anthony's guy, but I haven't seen them play this year. Fran I just,
2: Camp is still on on Wichita State. Oh, yeah. he's, he's a shooter. Yeah. he's,
0: he's bullseye good. from deep. <laughs> And then Middle Tennessee State, 18-3. and They did beat Michigan State in in the NCAA tournament last year, and they're a sleeper Sweet 16 pick based on Joe Lenardi's current bracket as of yesterday. And let's get right into that as we wrap up here. We all picked our Final Four based on Joe Lenardi's most recent bracket, and I guess I'll kick us off with this, then we'll go back around. The number one seeds that he has are Villanova in the east, Gonzaga in the west, Baylor in the south, and Kansas in the midwest. I have two number one seeds getting to the final four. If this was the bracket, Villanova out of the East, Gonzaga out of the West. I'm not huge on the Zags, but I think that matchup, those matchups for them are pretty favorable based on how he has it playing out. And then in the South, number two Kentucky, and in the Midwest, number three Oregon is kind of my sneaky Final Four pick. Not huge on that either. I just think they have a, a pretty good uh, layout as in terms of the Midwest based on yesterday's bracketology.
1: Yeah, my final four, I had Villanova out of the East. I still think they have the best chance to repeat since Florida did it. And out of the West, I like the draw Gonzaga got, but Arizona's a legit two. The, the stu- yeah. We didn't talk about Arizona, oh, but what by they're the doing way, without Ray Smith, and they've got uh, Laurie and Alonzo Marketing, Trier Alonzo Trier's back, back now. So they could be a team to watch, but I like Louisville actually out of there. I think this is a, a good Louisville team. It reminds me of some of the teams that made a, a deep run uh, several years ago. I think they have – uh, really strong defense. They have some good guard play as well. Snyder's gonna be back. Hicks could be back soon. Donovan Mitchell's really good. They don't have a star inside, but they have some guys who who clean up the board. So I they're my sleeper final four pick. Were you, you were gonna say something?
0: I was just gonna say for anybody listening that's confused right now, just go to ESPN and pull up Joe Lennardi's bracket so you could see yeah. where we're getting these teams from and how we see them getting the final four. But James, what do you think of this of this latest bracket?
2: In the East, I think you guys both said So I'm not, I'm not gonna finish my four picks.
0: Oh right. <laughs> uh, no, we'll come back. We'll come back to you, James. Go ahead.
2: Uh, Saint St. St. Joe is probably coming in at Tom's, Tom's record. Uh, I don't understand this thing. In Joe's the East slander. <laughs> the, in the East, I think North Carolina. Aren't you guys really? could both? Think Villanova. I think North Carolina is a couple of bad road losses. What about but, that
0: rematch possibly in the Elite Eight? Villanova. You could
2: definitely. I mean, that, that I hope that would you happen, think because that'd be what, great.
0: The, you think without Marcus Page and. Without-
2: well, people... I mean, Marcus Page had a great national championship. No, Bryce he, had a, Johnson. he had a down Without Bryce year.
1: Johnson, you think they could get vengeance still without their leadership? I mean, leadership? Barry and Hicks have really stepped up. So it's not like
2: they don't have a star inside and outside. I think they would... Be better in, in the front court than Villanova. I think Villanova's depth. Oh, yeah, that's I, I, I'm all sure. about Villanova's lack of depth. That's their only only weakness. This
1: is the official podcast of Quentin Hooker, St. Joe's, and Villanova's. UCLA's lack of depth.
2: In, <laughs> UCLA's in the East too. I, I don't, I don't see like them their going loss. Yeah, yeah. I don't like their loss against USC. Lonzo I thought they were going to roll in that seven game. Seven turnovers in that one. I would take St. Mary's over them in the second round if it was uh, analyzing it further. I don't really
0: like St. Mary's in the tournament because I feel like what's their big man's name? He's really good, but he could be shut down. They have like a pro caliber post player, and I just think. And like Gonzaga beat them by 20, they easily shut him down. He did get in foul trouble, the big man for St. Mary's. Can't get his name right now, oh, but wow. they, they they have Saint Santa Clara. This his, his th- name's Jock Jock. I yeah, know that. yeah 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 jo- yeah. Landale I think jo- Jock Landale. That's Landau, it. Yeah. He's a really good prospect, but I can't see him carrying them. Yeah, very they have far. Sa-
2: Santa Clara, who just beat BYU last night. That on Saturday, so that's tough road environment. To the west, I have Arizona. I think they looked very good against UCLA at UCLA. I was not very impressed with that win. Raleigh Hawkins is really coming into his zone as a freshman. As high as I am on Gonzaga, I think they would meet in uh, Elite Eight, and Arizona would pull that out if it was this bracket. Out of the south, Hart says Butler, but mine says Kentucky in this bracket because if Butler and Kentucky were to match up, I don't think that's a favorable <laughs> matchup for oh, Butler. In that
0: part of the bracket, I have Middle Tennessee beating Maryland and then beating Butler to get to the Sweet 16. That's bias.
1: Middle Tennessee bias.
0: No, I mean, they, they know biased. what it's like to win. They beat number the number two seed in their region last year, Michigan State, and now they know what it's Maryland like to was, win Maryland in the tw- tournament. They know what it's like to okay, win. As a, that
1: doesn't mean they're going to win again.
0: Every year, double-digit <laughs> seeds get to the Sweet 16, and as an 11 seed in this most recent bracket from Lenardi, I see that perfect fit, number 11, Middle Tennessee, getting through to the Sweet 16.
2: Maryland was overrated last year, underrated this year. I think if that yeah. matchup happened, they would win. And now in the Midwest, I'm going to go Wisconsin, as the four wow. seed in this Midwest bracket. Dan Diario actually told me a stat that teams with off- top 20 in offensive and defensive <laughs> efficiency—that's his
1: favorite stat. He was telling me that last week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there are only five teams currently with that. and Wisconsin's one of them, and in, in this bracket right now, two seed Florida State—we're all not so sure on them after they how they looked Oregon at Georgia has Tech. A
0: three kind of dangerous. Oregon's really. Dylan dangerous. Brooks.
2: Yeah, they had a, that was impressive last night. Yeah. Utah's a tough place to to win a game. And Kansas, I, I said it from the beginning. I'm not as sold on Kansas, so I'm gonna go Wisconsin. Slight bias there, but yeah, as of now, that that would be my final four. I don't think bracket.
0: I don't think we're gonna get Dan's final four picks, but just a final thought on this bracket. The easiest 12-5 upset to pick. Whoever I think Clemson would beat Texas Tech in a playing game, and then take care of Florida. Florida has a 5 seed that just screams being upset. I to like me. Florida actually. You know? No, I think in a 5-12 game, I'm picking whoever plays Florida in a 5-12 game. To be, honest. I don't know. I, I think, think either
2: Miami or Michigan could beat Cincinnati.
0: Oh, yeah, that's another good yeah, one yeah, up yeah. in the South. It's hard to go against Line in a tournament.
2: Legit. and But also Miami is is solid, I think. I think both those teams could be higher than a 12 by the time the season's out. Did All you right.
0: guys have any first-round upsets, like like any like ones that stood out to you? Because it's, it's hard in late January middle, to pick.
1: I picked Middle Tennessee in the first round. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. I'm looking there. I, I wish Princeton I had, a had a more ones.
2: favorable first round matchup than Louisville, or else, otherwise, I picked them. Because I did say earlier on, the very original student section Princeton, Sweet 16 was my bold prediction. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't see them beating Louisville.
1: All right. Uh, well, my last two Final Four picks before Matt interrupted me were Kentucky. I just think they're the best team in that bracket. And then I had Kansas. I think it's gonna. I had uh, Kentucky over Villanova in the championship, but I think Oregon is maybe a top five team in the country. All right, well, maybe you'll get a chance to get all four <laughs> of your picks in next week, next Friday.
0: Did you get your picks in? Yeah, I did. I started us off. I had, I'll just do it real quick. Villanova, Gonzaga, Kentucky, and Oregon.
2: Quick, there. should you do quick? Who's winning the title for each of us? Oh, I didn't even think that far. Kentucky, uh,
0: Villanova. Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of it. I brought it up. And that will do it for the first official episode of the Student Section WFUV's exclusive college basketball podcast. Check back every Friday for another episode. Shout out to our producer in the back, Dan Oreo. For my co-hosts, James Decker and Tom Scabelli, I'm Matt Murphy. Be a fan of the student section.